Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Fort. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Ah! Bad Philosophy, episode 64, recorded on May 11th, 2010. Foreman's Law. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy. Upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit a trail at a time. One rabbit per trail. One rabbit a trail. No, no two rabbits per trail. We can't, we can't have that. Just one Damn. rabbit trail at a time. Yeah. Uh, this is our uh, 60, what is it, 64th, 65th episode? Something like that? I, uh, 60 sorry, something. I'm failing in my fanboy duties. Yeah, I have no Wikipedia page to reference. Uh, uh, 64. 64. 64 episodes. Now, first what? Uh, so we've got uh, a, a nice smorgasbord of people on the show here today. Uh, regulars, you know them, you love them. They've all been on the show before. Uh, first off, uh, I'll go over here. Jed Cummins. How's it going? It's wonderful. I just passed grad school with the 4 so. Woo! Nice. What do you uh, more grad school. <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't had going? enough. <laughs> uh, I'll still be here at Tech for uh, MBA with uh, information systems. Okay. Yeah, so, and uh, coming over that voice from the uh, ethereal beyond is Kevin Saunders. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing all right. I'm on vacation and I'm Ooh. enjoying it. So grad school is all done, right? You're you're completely done with everything. No, I have no, I'm no kidding. Like for for the year. <laughs> yeah, for the year I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and you know, yay for being done for the year. Because mm-hmm. you know, although technically I'm going over, uh, I'm going to Prague over the month of June. So that's kind of school, although I'm going to be in Prague and going to museums and watching theater. Ah. So it's not really like work. So uh, how much grading did you have? Uh, I had no grading because I wasn't a TA this semester. Oh, or last okay. Uh, so I'm, I will be doing a lot of grading next semester and the following one. Ah. But um, not none of this. So I was, I was actually done. Like when my last that class ended, I was done. Ah, so hey, Kevin, when's your birthday? If you uh, send me a mailing address, I'll send you some red pins for like red grading. Pins? <laughs> well, actually, all of our grading is done online. Oh, that's unfortunate. So you can't like, actually draw things on their paper or anything. No, it's all you all do comments and stuff because. Man. Man. That way, everybody involved in the process has a record. I have a record of the comments I've made. They have a record of it. They can see directly what the what the mistakes were. It's it's a it's an issue because handing back papers, you if if much later they dispute a grade, which happens, uh-huh. uh, and they've thrown away all their records of it, you still have a copy so you can defend yourself and say no, this is exactly why little Jimmy flunked my class. Very nice. Well, uh, we look forward to all of your uh, tales of interesting answers you get. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a, a much uh, a gold mine for material. Who knows what'll happen? Yes. Uh, and also coming through the uh, the ether to us via Skype is uh, Kiki Grover. How are you doing? Doing good. Yay! Welcome back. You may recall Yay. Kiki from our uh, Valentine's Day episode. Uh, she is back once again on Bad Philosophy. Where Where are you, Kiki? Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago. Is that uh, downtown area or one of the uh, burbs? Yeah, it's out in the west burbs. Okay. West side. Now, I, for, I was getting confused. Like, what part of Chicago is uh, White Sox and which part is Cubs? 
I have no idea. I hate sports. <laughs> Bad philosophy. Actually, any of us know anything about sports. You know, that's a good point. I had to think quite a bit just to get both of the team names right. So uh, we should definitely not talk about sports from this moment on. Uh, instead, let's uh, let's talk about our uh, final guest here on the show, Matt Legler. How's it going, Steven? It's going all right. Uh, we're glad you could join us. It's, it's been you. a while. I'm excited. I was so excited that I even checked in on Foursquare when I got here. Oh, boy. We're all addicted. Uh, well, uh, Foursquare. I, I, no, ju- I just started Foursquare yesterday. Good for you. Yeah. I've been a I got out of Foursquare. Um, I, I did it for a while, and probably because I have a stupid phone, so it's harder for me. Yeah. But it, it was less exciting. I did I got to be the mayor of 10 things in Oxford, which wasn't very hard because nobody else in Oxford's on it. Uh, although it was funny because, like, most of the things that I became mayor of, other people had been, like, two twice, and so I went, like, on a daily basis. Not intentionally, just through my own work. Yeah. And so, like, I would, like, steal it, and they would try and get it back, and there would be, like, no way. So, All right. Yeah. I, I'm missing something. Um, mayor? Yeah. I, I see mayor on here. Jed's the mayor yeah, of like, the freaking campus. Else, yeah, you become the mayor. You, basically, you're at that venue the most. The, is yeah. that all it is? It's, it has to do with uh, frequency and quantity of check-ins, I yeah. believe. Uh, uh, it's just quantity. But you can't check in more than once per day for it to count towards mayor. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it also, like, I think maybe what you were getting at, Matt, is there are some, like, if you're, if you're in a downtown Austin, there might be some real-world benefits to it. Uh-huh. Obviously, yeah. I, I don't know that Lubbock is hip enough to have, like, oh, hey, Jed, you're the mayor of Starbucks. Like, you get a have free a free drink. drink. Free Frappuccino. Yeah. So. Oxford certainly isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to drop hints at a few uh, local places, like... Um, Daybreak Coffee. I've told a couple people over there about it, and uh, they sounded pretty enthusiastic. Um, they're, you know, pretty good for for getting technology mm-hmm. in their coffee shops. So I wouldn't be surprised because I see a lot of people checking in at these locations. The, the user base in Lubbock has definitely grown just since South by even mm. um, by quite a bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to the day that we get a live Dignation out here. Yeah, would, <laughs> yeah that, that's how we made it. That, that's how we'll know. That, uh, all we uh, need is we need two thousand people. Is what we need, right? Two thousand people. God. <laughs> It could happen. Speaking of which, yes. Do you guys ever watch um, this series called Unskippable? Yeah, I do. I'm uh, aware of it. I've only watched it once. It's on The Escapist. Um, It's basically like Mystery Science Theater 3004 video game cinematics. Yeah, it's all. It's just all these the bizarre cutscenes from from video games. Yeah. But the one I was watching earlier this morning was I forget which which game it was, but something where like the guy was on the run and everything, and he ends up his cell phone rings. He's at a cafe in Prague or something, and he picks up and he goes, "How did you find this?" And the guy's riffing on it. Go, well, I mean, we just looked on Foursquare and it was the mayor of some obscure cafe in Prague. It wasn't really that hard. To to trace you, dude. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Speaking, that's speaking good. of riffing, um, just to do more rabbit trails. Yeah, yeah. Um, two nights ago, I successfully watched the Twilight Saga: New Moon with the riff tracks and the help of. Oh, isn't that here. great? Is it good? So good. Well, Twilight sucks. Yeah. So yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was, I, I watched it with my mother and sister because um, my mom and I watched it last. Watched uh, Twilight together. Some other friends. And like we were bored on a you know evening, and we're like, well, what do we do? I'm like, well, new moons out on DVD. Woo-hoo. 
we want to do it? I'm like, yeah, the first one was pretty good, and and it was amazing. The okay. first act is fantastic. The movie is terrible. Yes, is. <laughs> I have to do that terrible. this summer then. Okay, so. I, since we're on a rabbit trail, on a rabbit no trail, of, I don't even know if Matt's fully introduced himself. Yeah, I think we've yeah, broken the we uh, one rabbit okay. trail. Uh, yeah, point, so. there's like 13 <laughs> hanging out. I don't know how many mating, there's lots of babies. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so in in geek culture, like things such as say Firefly or Joss Whedon or Iron Man are cool, and yeah. Even Harry Potter is, I'd say, pretty cool. Yeah, there's like, a subset. Yeah. Um, but Twilight is pretty universally hated. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, gosh. Uh, quality's a part of it. Yeah. Uh, sure. I can't speak for the books, but the movies are bad. The, uh, I, I can speak for the books. As can I. <laughs> yeah, I think we've, the, we've the had... Mo- uh... The movies are an improvement on the books. That's the pathetic <laughs> thing. Every, every time you watch those movies and they say something that you just go... Wow, the writer must have just completely lost her mind when she saw what they did. Those are all direct quotes from the books. Oh, really? I guarantee you. <laughs> oh, the lion goodness. fell in love with the lamb. You're my own personal brand of heroin. Like, any time there's a really stupid line that makes your brain dribble out your ears, I guarantee you it is a direct quote from the book. Oh, no. All the parts where you're like, wow, this could be a really good movie if they wouldn't keep saying stupid stuff like those lines. All that's the stuff they added to make it watchable. Oh, now, man. to be fair to the books, again, haven't read them, sometimes things work better on the page than they do on the screen. Comic book dialogue sucks in the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, but that dialogue sucks in the books. Fair it enough. doesn't just... work in the books. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't believe I found myself defending Twilight, but... You know, <laughs> oh, my God. Make a note. It's a historical <laughs> moment here. down the rabbit hole and into the, into the other... Yeah, I think he came out on the other side of the planet in an alternate yeah, universe. Yeah, goodbye, Bizarro. Yeah. So, Jed, to, to answer your question... Um, the thing that stands out to me is that Twilight is creepy. Like, that is what sets it apart, is that creepy. it's got a creepy factor to it. And I think that throws a well, lot of people off. It is an abusive stalker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what throws a lot of people off. Sorry, Edward is pedo bear. <laughs> well, it's not even that he's pedo bear. It's, I've actually put a lot of thought into this. And this is really pathetic that I have. And I can't believe I just said that on something that people will listen to. But I have actually put in a lot of thought about why this is, is horrible to the people who read it. Like why uh-huh. this does a disservice to any youth who reads it. Because the, the girl's two choices are... The, the vampire who is cold, distant, and emotionally abusive. Physically abusive, too, later on. Well, he, he is, but the, her other choice is the werewolf, who at first you're like, okay, he actually seems like a normal guy. And then you find out that once he becomes a werewolf, like the chief werewolf completely clawed his fiance's face because he got angry at her for a split second. And Jacob like says like, well, what if I get mad at, at you for a split second, and then I do things I can never take back? And I'm oh, like, boy. the fact that the fiance is still with the guy who has abused her, and that Bella even considers it for a second, is all sorts of bad. Yeah. Like you know, it just there's <laughs> every relationship you see portrayed in the books or the movies is such a horrifically bad relationship. It just. 
it just it it makes you want to just give up on the human race and just crawl into a hole mm-hmm. at that point because you're like there is nothing i realized that that stephanie myers probably got a lot of horrible things in her in her backstory but it's like at that point if i had read those books as you know the target audience for them at like a 13 or 14 I would have sworn off both men and children and just given up on humanity. I'm like, if and this vampires. is if this is what I'm supposed Yeah, and vampires. Not that they're vampires. I still take issue with the fact <laughs> that they're vampires, but... <laughs> Is it the sparkles that that? Uh... Oh, that was that was a great riff that we did when we were riffing on not on riff tracks, but um, I may have been on the riff track. I don't remember who said it because I was drinking a lot. Um, but this, um, in, in the or I, I thought it was I thought of it. Then they said it on riff track, and it made me extra laugh, laugh extra hard. Um, towards the end of New Moon, he's about to expose himself in some made-up town in Italy where they hate vampires a lot and wear red robes to show that they hate vampires. And so he's going to expose himself and you know stand out in the sunlight and be all shiny. Of course, my thought was then, well, of course he's going to be perfectly safe because nobody's going to associate that with being a vampire. Yeah. It's, it's, it would just the most ridiculous. Like everyone will know you're a vampire if you go out and twinkle at them. No, they won't. Litter accident at a pride parade is what they're going to think. <laughs> That's what they're going to think if they see that. They're not immediately going to go, ah, bloodsucker. We're in kill him, world. kill him. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like I, about I, the only place you could get killed for sparkling or <laughs> certain parts of the deep south. Well, they'll just look at you and take you back. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, so, Matt, I, I agree totally well, with y'all. Let's finish that introduction. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I, I think uh, another reason for it is is just Stephanie Meyer herself has is kind of hated among the nerd community because I think every time she's gotten criticized for uh, you know bringing up these these very negative relationship uh, situations she she claims that she's simply uh, writing about what she observes in society so she's she's kind of you know being real she's keeping it real by by doing this and you know my response to her is why do you have to reinforce the negative like why I know there's there's a fine line between you know obviously being preachy and trying to show like the ideal you know 1950s leave it to beaver sort of ideal relationship but you know she's not really you know she could be better do better than just showing the negative stereotype in all of its uh, you know blood sucking glory Here's here's my theory, Steve. Um, because there, and there is some evidence to this. There's a really good essay on somebody's live journal somewhere. I'm <laughs> sure you can find it. Um, where it 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 shows the parallels to Mormonism. Stephanie Meyer is Mormon. Ooh. And it shows the parallels. Yeah, and I've I've that read that one. Um, it's a really good essay written by a Mormon or former Mormon. I don't I don't remember exactly. A foreman. And <laughs> former, former, yeah. <laughs> Get this form of grill. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> but it, it's sort of a, a reflection on relationships in the Mormon church, where you very much have a, a God-given destined soulmate who is the only one for you, and once that has been decided, it doesn't matter if he's nice to you or mean or hurts you, because he is your soulmate. Uh... Um, these things go past that. And, and of course, later it's explained in, in very weird, like weird, weird, that when 
Bella has the kid. It's really the kid that Jacob was in love with because they were soulmates. Yeah, it's the only relationship that's worse than any of the ones. Like, you think it can't get any worse. And then it's like, I have decided that I am in desperate and undying love with your newborn baby who is all yeah. of two minutes old. Because because they are destined for each other, which, again, is reflective of um, the Mormon belief structure. Because there really is one person for you in the universe, and that is the correct person to be with. Mm. So, so and, 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 you know, there are some positive aspects. They don't have sex until they get married. Again, very Mormon. Um, they don't have any kids until they're married. But um, the, the conversion of her into a vampire is arguably, spoiler alert, for anybody who cares. Yeah. Dear God, why do you care? Not on this podcast. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. But um, the, the conversion of her into a vampire is literally her being accepted into the church. Oh, boy. And into his family. And into I mean, his family. That, that's the, the entire thing. The family votes on it, to, yeah. on whether or not to let her be a vampire. And that's the kind of the Mormon ideal, is that the family gets together and mm-hmm. votes on things like whether to bring a new kid into the family and, you know, all, all this kind yeah. of stuff. It's, so. it's very... It's, it's, go, go look up the essay, people, on the Internet and read it if you haven't already, because it, it's very enlightening. Indeed. Well, um, I think, Jed, you were uh, earlier mentioning uh, Iron Man as part of the, uh, the things that are accepted within the geek world. So uh, we're going <laughs> to go off on a rabbit trail right now and uh, talk about the new Iron Man movie. Have you seen Iron Man 2 yet? Yes, I loved it. Okay, so do you saw the teaser? Saw it, IMAX. <laughs> okay. Okay, do you win, Tiki? Yeah, yeah, for you. Yay! Here's a cookie. Yay! Um, Kevin, did you see the, the teaser at the end of, uh, end of the credits? Yeah. Of course so, I did. So, okay. I saw it before I saw the movie, Stephen. Yeah, uh, I saw the, yeah, the hand-cam so. version of it two minutes after the movie. See, and that's yeah. just ridiculous. I don't think it was worth posting that soon, because it's just a shot of Thor's hammer. Somebody could have tweeted, it's Thor's hammer, and gotten yeah, the same thing Yeah, but you want to see it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody did tweet it. Yeah. But did you watch the video, Stephen? Uh, no, I, I saw it when I saw Iron Man on, okay. on Friday. I saw the video, like, literally the day, because I, I didn't see Iron Man until Sunday. So I saw the video probably on Friday yeah. or Thursday night. Uh, but, you know, so I'm in favor of all of this. But was your question more specific than that? I, I, I guess so. I mean, they're signed on for nine movies over the next decade. Not all of them. Samuel L. Jackson is. Yes. but He's got the most. But for crying, I mean, that's at least nine Avengers movies. <laughs> In addition well, no. to the ones that have already that's, come out. That's nine movies. Um, Samuel L. Jackson has signed on for nine films. So far he's been in two. With that character. Yes. So far he's been in two Iron Mans. Uh-huh. He's likely to show up in Thor. I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in Captain America, the first Avenger. Definitely. That's four right there. Five more. Another Iron Man. A couple other... Um, Avengers, nine. It's it's going to be nine films uh-huh. if Ant Man ever gets off the ground. Which, dear God, I hope the, it does. Because, <laughs> well, do you know who was directing it? Don't you? Who was oh. attached to direct Ant Man? No, Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, mm. that could Edgar be Wright, um, who also did, of course, um, Hot Fuzz and the soon to be released Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay, which I can't wait for. I'm excited. When uh, is it coming out? 
2010 sometime like okay. this year i don't know exactly i think it's the summer all right uh august 18th according to imdb oh my sister's birthday okay but he is he is he is lined up to do ant-man which i'm all up in okay for, Let's for, see that could be good i mean that that and the fact that they got joss whedon to do the avengers movie well, this is the thing that I think will make this this thing successful. Okay. Is Marvel is coming at it very much the same way they deal with a lot of their comics. Is they bring in a big name person to work on the franchise for a while and let them do their own thing. Oh. Uh, Iron Man is very much John Favreau's film. Yeah, Iron Man Two is as well. They're very much John Favreau movies. The Incredible Hulk was very much that guy's movie, not Hulk with Ang Lee, because that one doesn't count. It's not part of the universe. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, Captain America, same way. Is they're they're letting people be auteurs to some extent. I hate using that pretentious word, but to some extent, and creating their own films, so that it's not it's it's this, it's a shared universe, but it's not necessarily a shared style. So you think there will be a uh, a good chance that the Joss Whedon directed Avengers movie will be kick ass? Yes. Okay. Yes, I. I good. just want to know how many people he's going to attempt to kill off before they make him rewrite <laughs> it so they can do sequels. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that um, he's not writing it, so you're covered. Yeah. He's, he's, he's directing. Rewriting. He's rewriting. Um. One of the other ones. They've given him the script to retool for one of the other. Movies. I want to say Captain America, but don't quote me on it. Uh, I haven't heard that. They have. They have given him the rewrite for one of the movies, and they've given him the directing job for. But remember that. Um, I find that a little funny because after after um, Serenity came out, Joss very famously said he would never write another film that he didn't direct. But then they came along and said, hey, you want to do the Avengers? And we'll pay you a lot. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, well, IMDb doesn't have, anything, have yeah. him writing anything. Um, so well, he's definitely not I know I saw it on IO9. So yeah. It was somewhere on there when they, when they announced that he yeah. had it. So it sounds like, Kevin, to me, that, that you're pretty optimistic about this whole franchise. I am. Okay. I am. I, I see no reason not to be. Now, am I super, like, freaking, oh, it's going to be all amazing? Not necessarily. Iron Man 2 was not that great, in my opinion. Oh, really? I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I the first one. You, really? Uh, mm-hmm. I did, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't agree with Jed. I, I mean, it was okay, Jed's but it was not Dark Knight good. I liked it more than the first one. Neither was Neither was the first one. Uh, the first one wasn't Dark Knight good. True. The first one didn't, because well, the thing is, and this is something that um, somebody said, I've read it a couple different places, and it's really important, but Iron Man exists in a strong world um, where everybody exists. And I don't think that that's problematic, but the thing is you don't have a great villain like Dark Knight, and villains make movies because movies are primarily melodramas and you have to have a good melodrama a good villain to be a good melodrama yeah just ask star wars and that's that's important iron man doesn't have strong villains he's never had a great rogues gallery other than arguably the mandarin who is very tricky for a number of reasons including the fact that he's he's a racist stereotype of a character Mm. oh yeah um however and i think these movies acknowledge that, particularly Iron Man 2, Tony Stark is his own bad guy. Yeah. 
Tony Stark's biggest enemy is Tony Stark. And I think this movie did that very well. He ruins himself. He, he, gets, he lets his ego get in the way of his work. And once he finally gets past his own ego, cool things happen, like the Mark IV armor. And I think that, that benefits the movie as well. I, I don't know that I agree with Jed that it was better than the first Iron Man. I would say it is as good as the first Iron Man. Um, and I love the first Iron Man, so that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just thought the... Uh, what, what did you like about it? Yeah. Yeah, the, the ending boss fight. Um, I mean, the, the, the mechs were amazing. I loved those. Uh, the, the automated um, suits. But the ending boss fight was very disappointing. It was shorter than the first one. It was shorter than the, the, the first fight, encounter. But, uh, did you not just listen to what I said, Stephen? I know, I know. That, <laughs> that it was about Tony overcoming himself. But if you look at it from a straightforward standpoint, which most people are going to, uh, including myself, because I haven't read the comics, the, the ending well, boss fight... You need to read was, the comics to realize that Tony Stark's biggest enemy is himself. Yeah, Watch I, the movie. I, okay, that's, see that's one of the elements in it. But still, you can fight yourself and also have to overcome yourself in order to overcome another foe. And, and, and he did. Me, but, but the movie itself was not really emphasizing the, the self-battle part. It was, you know, building up this this other villain to be, you know, the, this big bad guy with this beef with his father and everything. Whiplash had, like, no screen time. <laughs> he had, he had the, the scene that everybody saw in the trailer on the racetrack, and he had the big final bi- battle. And that was pretty much all the screen time he had. Yeah, but then he, it's, it seemed implausible to me. I mean, he builds this this better suit with you know retooled uh, you know power source and everything, and yeah. and he goes down in like a minute. <laughs> that's because two Iron Mans beat one Iron Man. <laughs> Apparently, that's that's what it was. Um, but it was very much about. It I was like about Don, Don Cheadle though. He was he was much better. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and nobody cared that what's his name wasn't in it, right? Because <laughs> Don Cheadle. No, but no, the 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 boss fight at the end wasn't the boss fight at the end. Hmm. You the think boss his... fight was Tony deciding to help out hmm. and stop being the selfish jerk that he really is. Realizing that other people matter too, the boss fight at the end was him flying back to save Pepper from the bomb. Yeah, that's what the boss fight was. Yeah, it doesn't look cool, but if you want something to look cool, go watch Avatar. Yeah. Hey, I thought it looked brilliant. I wasn't even worried about the story because there was race cars versus a Rolls Royce going through Monaco. Come on, yeah, that, that, was, that, that was pretty. I agree. Pretty the movie didn't look really cool, but Stephen's complaining that the boss fight wasn't as awesome as he would have wanted it to hey, be. Hey, I'm, I'm nitpicky. I, I really the enjoyed the Monaco call it a boss too. fight means you care more about action than decent writing. No, I really like decent writing too. But and the action really doesn't do much for me, actually. But it, it what's just, your complaint? It just seemed <laughs> odd. Like the pacing just seemed odd. I was too caught up in pretty explosions and fast cars. Yeah. Um, I I don't think the pacing was an issue. Um, I followed everything clearly. I knew no, what not was that I didn't follow it. Just but it, it just seemed a little bit. I don't know. A little bit schizophrenic. And honestly, does anybody else feel like I just got my girl card revoked for being the one person that's just too caught up on the fast cars and the explosions to care about the story? No, not at all. Gender is is a social construct, so I don't really care or believe in girl cards or man cards or woman cards or what have you. So enjoy the explosions. Yep. I enjoyed the love story. 
<laughs> wow, that was a, that was a pretty interesting conversation we just had there. Uh, so, what should we talk about next? Yeah, Matt, I noticed that you didn't speak up at all during that yeah, you're conversation. Pretty, you're pretty no. Quiet in there. I, I was talking about my game I'm playing on my iPhone. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, well, speaking of games, um, I have I have completed Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, Jesus. I have finished the adventure five times. Have five you, times, dude. Forget yeah. that game. Have you played Angry Birds? I have not played. Okay, Matt no, keeps trying to get me to play Angry Birds. You need Birds. to play. Did we talk about this? I think. I think so. You've you've mentioned it before. No, I I mentioned it at that movie. At we Iron didn't, Man. No, the movie we didn't go see. Yeah, the, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that Matt actually went to see and uh, did not. Uh, I showed care, you. When you were there watching New Moon, I was showing you Angry right, Birds. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, five no. times, Kevin, really. Yeah, well, because it's something that I'll, I'll, like, if I'm watching TV or something, I'll boot it up and play a level or two. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those that, that it's, it's, it's a time killer for me, you know? Right. I, I don't knit, so I play Plants vs. <laughs> Zombies instead. My sister knits when she watches TV. Gotcha. And so I'll boot up Plants vs. Zombies. And I'm, I'm at the point where it's not a challenge anymore. It's pretty straightforward. Oh, yeah, especially but once you something... unlock some of the later plants. Yeah. And so it's one of those that, you know, I'll play. I've, I've beaten all the minigames, all the puzzles, I, and I've beaten the adventure four times, and I'm literally on the last level of um, the, the final. I'm on the final level of the adventure again. You know, all I have to do is beat the Zomboss again. Uh-huh. And I will have beaten it five times. I kind of wish they they had done a little bit better with the um, like difficulty levels. Like I wish the the zombies would come faster, or there would be like more of them in the later adventures. That you know things that kind of made it harder, uh, other than just yeah. have them pick plants for you. Right. I mean, I I think there's there's a nice balance though, um, which is which is hard to achieve. Um, in that even the hard levels are achievable. You just have to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to think about it. So, and there's always Plants vs. Zombies too when that comes out. Indeed. I guess I yeah. need to beat one before two comes yeah, out. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of things that are great at killing time, uh, Jed, I think you had a question for Kevin about uh, comic books. I did. Because I'm, I was thinking about today, like, hey, I wish that I could go buy an iPad and get lots of lots of comic books on there, or whatever. You know, what? you can also go get lots of comics. In. Comic books. Yeah. The comic book store. Oh. Is there one in Lubbock? <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah. think so. Uh, two two doors down from uh, Mad Hatter's. Yeah, but seriously, Jed, go to a comic book store, buy some comics. I own some comics. I own the Judgment Day esque story. I think Alex Ross. Kingdom Come. Yeah. Kingdom Come's a great one. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like I've, I'm entirely I know, medium, but, but I'm I'm also encouraging people to go buy more comics. Yeah, but I'm also at the point where like I don't want more shit to carry around, and I think having a like reader then go buy then go buy comic books, like not the graphic novels, not the collections, actual comic books. You can read them and then throw them away. I the. Input. I know you're an input. I know it's hard. I know you're an input, and I know it's hard. But you can't do that. I, I, They're like magazines. You can read them and then get rid of them. Uh, no, I know. I know it's hard. And if you really like it, you wait a couple of years, and then by you wait a few months or however long it takes, and buy the collection. Yeah, no, there is just a little part of my geek soul that died 
at the just read the comic and then throw it away bit. Just <laughs> there's a part of me that just wanted to curl up and die at that. Comics are no longer collectible, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why comics books are no longer collectible oh items. Boy, I'm looking forward to this. Comic book collectors because people comic collect book collectors them. are the oh. reason comics are no longer collectible. So because we Back don't have comic my... collectors anymore, we don't have. Comics aren't collectibles. No, no. We have comic book collectors, or we had them. My dad collected back in the 70s when he was about my age. Um, and I have all of his comics. I can stare at them right now. I can poke them with a stick. Uh, and a lot of his comics are rarer. Rarer, not rare. But the reason comics of that age are rare is because people threw them out. Hmm. People threw the other ones out because yeah, that's what you do with a comic. You threw it away like a magazine. And you know, lots of kids would collect and their moms would throw out their collections. Again, this is this is not an unusual thing. What happened is is in the nineties people started realizing that comic books could be worth a lot of money for older, rare comic books. Right. Comic books sales increased for this. Not because people were reading them, people were collecting them as an investment. Just to, you know, wait ten years and then sell them for a lot more money. But comic books, when comic books are popular, when there's lots of them being sold, you know what comic book printers do? Print more. Hmm. They become less rare. And so this idea that, that comics are these holy things that are meant to be kept because, you know, someday they're going to be worth lots and lots of money doesn't work because there's not a, a limited supply. Mm. Yeah, but if I was the type of person that was collecting them for money, that would be a different thing. I'm just the type of person that... If I'm like, hmm, I don't remember exactly what that said. Let me go pull out my comic and, you know. Then in that case, go buy the collections. That's what I do. I have the entire collected series of Preacher. I own two copies of Watchmen, the collected version, obviously. Um, I'm working on Fables. I'm working on Animal Man and uh, The Boys. Those are my, my current ones I'm working on that are all collectible. But I don't, I don't buy the comic the individual comics because I want to have a collection for it though. Meanwhile, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics, I'll buy the comic and read it and toss it because they're not good enough to keep. But I'm enough of a fan that I have to buy them. Regarding, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm, I'm curious of your opinion. Um, uh-huh. Because I remember a while back there was the like, Kindle version of Bad philosophy, where you discussed the Kindle and how you wanted yeah. a medium that would now, make comic me? books pretty and work. Yeah. So and you, I, I know where you're going, but I'll let you finish the question. I'm I'm just wondering, what do you think that is? If you are telling me not to buy an iPad, obviously there is no medium for comics on that current device. The but. issue the the issue with the iPad is you do not own the comics you buy. Uh huh. And that is more my issue. I think the iPad is great for reading comics. And if I could own comics and put them, I had the ability to put them on there or to move them on to another device, that would be extra fantastic. But as it is, you don't own the comics you buy on the iPad, just like you don't own anything you, uh, you buy on the iPad. Sure. And so it's not, it's not that the technology isn't amazing. I'll give you that. It is the lack of ownership that really does bother me. Okay. Yeah. And I can... I can, I guess, get behind that. I mean, I still, <laughs> I, like I still so buy Kindle books. <laughs> yeah, and and again, same <laughs> issue is there. But 
sure. are you going to do? Other sure, it's more, of a, it's more of a rental. I to do. I'm renting a book from Marvel or whomever in this yeah, case. Yeah, right. Well, that was a very informative discussion there. <laughs> you know, it's the same sort of stuff I've been talking about already, so I, I don't know why we keep asking. So, uh, I mean, if, if you haven't guessed it by this point, um, those were uh, those were cut into the episode later because they happened in the pre-show, but they were nonetheless very good conversations. <laughs> Surprise! Aww. Um, so those why parts of the episode. Explain that, Stephen. I just wanted all, all the people listening to just think we had gone insane. Because bad philosophy, philosophy is nothing thing. if not self-referential. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's okay if we reference our self-referentiality. <laughs> sure. Um, I think the universe is about to be destroyed, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, speaking of which, how many of y'all have read the uh, the recent stuff from Stephen Hawking? Uh, about aliens? Yeah, well, about aliens and then his uh, How to Build a Time Machine little article. I just the aliens. I didn't see the time machine. Uh, yeah, same. But uh, the, the gist of his argument, at, the, at least for the aliens thing, which I think was more interesting, because I've read the time machine stuff before. It, anybody who's read his book has read the stuff he has to say about <laughs> building a time machine. Uh, but, one thing, though, that... Um, <laughs> Sorry, Matt just failed in his game again. Uh, but yes, what? go ahead, Kevin. Nothing. Uh, there's there's a, a a poster. I don't know if you ever saw the Say You've Gone Back in Time poster. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I love that one. There's another one that was actually been out for a little while before um, Stephen Hawking said this thing, that this was like, okay, say you've been contacted by aliens. Right. Um, that I thought was fantastic. And again, Stephen Hawking's probably right, you know, don't actually talk to them or you'll die. But I thought it was a really good poster. Um, I mean, I, I want to see if I can find a link and send it to you. Yeah, but but I mean, the gist of his yeah. argument was uh, aliens are probably out there, and if they ever do take an interest in the planet, it will probably be to colonize it. <laughs> so either uh-huh. way, we're pretty much screwed. But what if they want to coexist? You know, cross-cultural. You know, if they have the technology to come here from vast intergalactic distances, I'm pretty sure that we really wouldn't have anything to offer them whatsoever. Well, hmm. at least nothing that they would value. Do we have? Well, that assumes that the only thing we have to offer is in the technology realm. Um, not necessarily. I mean, they they may have already explored thousands of other planets with similar histories, and they would have you know pretty much heard it all as far as cultural developments and such. What if they don't have ears? <laughs> um. Well, then maybe we could offer them the uh, the wonderful gift of uh, drum and bass. Oh, they can feel the music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are we scared of aliens? No. I've yes, got a shotgun. No, maybe? No. I don't know if I'm scared of them. <laughs> yeah, what to tell if you're the first human to ever make contact with aliens? Ah. Um, or as, as the poster says, let's say you're the first human to make alien contact. Um, I don't know if it's by the same people who made the other one or not. But it's very similar to the, let's say you've gone back in time. Let me find the right Skype window. Oh, that's going to be a good sound bite. Yeah, it will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's the thing I posted. It's, oh, boy. People can look at it. Um, and don't read the whole thing on the Internet. Just put a link to it in show notes or something because it is long. Right. Yeah. So I, I it's a really like- handy poster. 
Can, can you give us like a, a highlight of it, maybe? Something, um, something for the audience? Things like, you know, first things first, hold the bleep still. Aliens would be quite used to things flailing like crazy and trying to get away. But most likely have picked up a fish or a bird and watches it flap like an idiot until it dies. They know this is what non-self-aware organisms do. Holding still is the first thing you need to do to show them you're worth our weight and crap. <laughs> Good. That's, so, that's I mean, that's sort of I like. I like some of the other ones about how like you you, you won't be able to necessarily communicate with them on a level you're used to. You know, yeah, words uh -huh. will pretty much be useless. So it's yeah. like how to show them that we are advanced enough, like how to show them that we use base 10 math, how to show them that we understand the structure of an atom, how to show them that we know how many planets there are in our solar system and our orbit around our sun. You know, uh -huh. like yeah. things that, that, that we have begun to learn about things other than just what is in our immediate vicinity. Lucky, like, yeah, lucky I mean, for you, they know ASL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll know yeah. sign language. That'd be, that'd be wonderful. Um, they'll, they'll, have, they'll have come to our... our lovely planet and watched our YouTubes <laughs> extensively to study our culture. <laughs> um, yeah. And they will figure that Stephen Torrance is our leader. Yes. From the no, they'll figure we're worth blowing up. Right. Well, you'll be <laughs> safe if you have your portal shirt on. Yeah. Well, no, they should be uh, deathly afraid because um, teenagers of our society can build their own flamethrowers. <laughs> 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 But uh, I agree with... Well, flamethrowers aren't terribly effective. They're rather inefficient. Yeah, they are. Unless they're Napalm. But if you're within range, they're terribly yeah. efficient. <laughs> within range, they're, they're uh, you know, they'll yeah. mess up your day. <laughs> but uh, I, I agree with those those recommendations, and it's, it's kind of what we've done, like the plaque that we put on the Voyager probes, right? It had like the Pythagorean theorem proof, and it had mm -hmm. sort of a, a triangulation f to get to our star system. and It also know, had diagrams of us. Yeah. So I, you know, naked. We sent porn <laughs> into space. Yes. But I, you know, how many space. people do you think would would actually be able to, you know, draw the Pythagorean theorem in the sand, or you know, demonstrate that we <laughs> know base ten math or stuff like that? I, you know, how many people would even not panic in that situation and think level-headedly enough to do something like that. <laughs> That's why Stephen Hawking says, just stay away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you don't Don't ruin it for the rest of us. Right. Or, you know, considering our gun uh, fixation here in the United States, uh, just shoot them <laughs> and ask questions later. Maybe maybe it'll be Twitter users that could survive. Because... <laughs> OMG totally having first contact. <laughs> no, like, so, there was a report that said well, that... Well, we totally would. Yeah, I would, I would tweet that. There was a report that came out and it have said you... that people who, um, who who tweet have a better chance of graduating from it with a four-year degree than people who do not. Yeah, it's because, uh, you know, it's Twitter takes some Technological affluence. Right. It is. But uh, I, I think uh, it would be funny, you know, just uh, Stephen T. checked in at uh, Alien UFO. <laughs> I'd, I'd be the mayor of that shit. I think that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Did, have you guys heard about, speaking of Twitter and weird stuff, have you guys heard about this book, I think it is, coming out called Feed? No. No. It's it's another zombie apocalypse book, but it has the twist of like, okay, yes, the zombies like we didn't destroy the zombies, but there are there is still a large number of humans going on. And the humans have taken to the internet to function. 
And as part of their press for this book, they're showing they have things like um, what Facebook will look like and what Twitter will look like after the zombie apocalypse. And they have some nifty little things that are kind of like mini stories told in these screenshots of these fictional characters' Facebook and Twitter pages. And they have a thing called The Wall, which is apparently like their memorial for people who have converted, you know, like who have been converted into zombies. Oh, man. And apparently there's, there is that time between you contracting whatever it is that's causing it and you finally devolving into a zombie. And it, so you see like on the Twitter page, like somebody's like, well, I think this is kind of the conversion. And then the next like 25 seconds later, it's like, please remember me on the wall, keep up the fight. And then the last one is like, I think this is, and then it's just like key mashing after that. <laughs> and then you see like the next two Twitter posts are like, everybody take a moment of silence for at whatever the guy's name was, hashtag the wall. <laughs> like it's just, it's so bizarre. Cause you see this and if you're on these sites all day, you can kind of go like, yeah, that that's totally what would be happening, probably. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think uh, people would be freaking out a bit too much to uh, to be on Twitter while there's a zombie apocalypse going on. Well, it's it's the idea of like that the initial, you know, it's more of the the you know Day of the Dead kind of idea than oh. Night of the Living Dead. Like it's if you've lived with this for a little while, it's become part of your new worldview. Yeah. You know, like there are just zombies. You know, like <laughs> so, there are that's it, never part of my world. Like there are redheads. Yeah, there are redheads. There are zombies. Sometimes there are redhead zombies. Steven. The redhead zombies are particularly mean. Don't cross them. <laughs> Fiery. If Adam Savage ever becomes a zombie, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, we okay, are. Because he'll probably well, his knowledge alone will crap. ruin us. Let alone the fact that it's a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks. Um, you know, barring uh, the the zombie apocalypse uh, ending us, I, I think this has uh, been a pretty good show. Um, we we definitely uh, we definitely went on some rapid trails, and um, it definitely feels like a reunion episode. Like we just got all that together. It's like, man, let's all talk about stuff. Let's like, talk to talk about no stuff. Topic. We had I, no like theme. No agenda. We just sort of sat and talked. Although uh, I do want to start having actually philosophically inclined shows in the future, and uh, Kevin, Whoa. I'm still hey, waiting. <laughs> this is ambitious for a show called Bad Philosophy, but uh, it's something I do want to do. Because uh, Kevin, like uh, you've been, uh, you've had the assignment of getting somebody from Oxford for a long time, and uh, yes, yes, I have. And uh, any uh, any uh, progress on that uh, one there? There's a guy. I gotta I gotta contact him. Um, I think it'll be interesting, but I only know his first name. Uh huh. And it's John. Okay. That's so specific. <clears throat> John from Oxford. I totally know that guy. Yeah. Um... I'm just saying. It's, I, I see him around. Yeah, and yeah, come on. How many guy, Johns could there be in Oxford? There's seven or eight. Um, okay. <laughs> but he's, he's a guy that I think will be interesting to have on the show. But you won't be able to ask him until you get back out there. Well, I might be able to find him on Facebook, but there's no guarantee because his name is John. Yeah. <laughs> if he even has a Facebook search, profile. Yeah, if I search John, there are I, one through ten of over 500 results. <laughs> Keyword over. Yeah. 
Well, if you can get him on, that'd be awesome, and we definitely want to get you uh, from Prague. Uh, Julie has also expressed an interest in, in coming on from Korea because she'll be here or she'll be over there during the summer. So it would be great if we had like uh, Prague, Korea, and the U.S. all in one show. <laughs> Impossible. I'm not taking my computer, so I'll have to be you know hooking up to an internet cafe somewhere. It should be pretty easy to find. Just bring a headset. <laughs> yeah. Bring your mom's headset. Apparently, <laughs> mine is not, good. not a euphemism. Not a euphemism, Matt. No. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, find out where. Tell all of our fans where they can uh, get in touch with all of y'all wonderful people. Uh, first off, Jed. Yeah, you can uh, go ahead and find me on Twitter.com/slash Linux. That's L-I-N-N-I-X. Cool. And uh, Kevin, where can people follow, find, stalk you? Twitter.com slash Kevson. Kiki? Uh, Twitter.com slash voice of Kiki, K-I-K-I. Sweet. And Matt Ligler? You can find me. Did, yes, people can find you. Do you, do you want to well, tell them? Or? Yes, yes. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, Facebook or Twitter slash Legmore, L-E-G-M-A-R. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash s-torrents. That's S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. You can follow the show at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. And uh, I do apologize for going three weeks without a new episode. It is the last three weeks of college for me. I'm kind of tearing up here a little bit. Um, but I, I am... No, finish. What I, was that? Sorry, was that a that's what she said? No, I have a suggestion oh, for the post-show okay. song that I need to remember. <laughs> All right, well, we're almost there. Can, hey, can, you, can you hold it? I, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I am now done with college, graduating on Saturday, and uh, I will have a lot more time during the summer to do Bad Philosophy to devote to this show. So please, keep on listening. We're uh, we're going to make it to 100, folks, and beyond. So uh, we'll see you all next time on Bad Philosophy. Let's see. I still like Zalian. Zalian? It's a zombie and an alien mixed together. <laughs> Haven't we had enough zombie shows? I think we have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we can jump we, we have a little bit of a love affair. Yeah. Everything comes back to zombies. It, it does. The yeah. fact that the universe... It's not like I have a life and I'm doing anything.